Excuse me. Then, he's just laying there too. He's not even looking at anything. Finley, can you bark for us? Oh, come on, come on. Baby, give a good one. You can do it. <laughs> Me too. Ow! Ow! I'm Sadie. And I'm Audrey. And this is Thunder and Frightening. Um. Who's going first? Is your story, like, good and entertaining? Mm. <laughs> it's just more one that you kind of debate about. Neither of these are very long, I don't think. And we also have no banter. Like, what kind of banter? <laughs> I have nothing to talk to you about. I don't have a life. We, we see each other too often. I watched Sabrina. The new one? it. How was that? Um, I never watched a full episode. I can't do it. I skip through most of it, get to the drama, and then move on. <laughs> so I probably only watched, like, two hours total of that show. Yesterday I found a dehydrator um, at my front door. So you get one shipped to you. Uh, yeah. But I didn't buy it and didn't know it was being bought. James bought it and said he was going to surprise me. What do you need a dehydrator for? To make our own beef jerky, apparently. Oh, it's disgusting. I literally told Drew the other day that a dehydrator is something that we'll never buy and never need. We're dehydrating <laughs> pineapple right now. I'm a little excited for that. I, I hate like eating dehydrated pineapple. fruit. Oh, I love it. What's the point? It's tasty. No. It's tastier with the juice. Oh, I like the texture, and then it doesn't go no, bad as fast. the texture's gross. It might as well be space ice cream that just crumbles all over your lap. Well, disgusting. That's, that's too dehydrated, It's then. disgusting. No, I like I like dehydrated fruit. I hate it so much. I really do. I can't... Like, you know, what was that special K or whatever that had those strawberries in it? Oh, I don't like dehydrated I strawberries. I hated it. I don't like those. So much. And that's the only kind of, like, dehydrated fruit other than apples. No, I don't like that And either. I don't like that either, cause mainly because I'm allergic and that still bothers me. Yeah. But I have never liked that texture. I think it's gross, and it reminds me of a carcass, a dead carcass. No, I like apricots. A dead carcass that's baked in the sun. Apricots, pineapples, dead mangoes. Dead carcass. Um, cranberries. It's so gross. I like raisins when I'm in the mood for raisins. I don't think I've ever fully chewed and swallowed a raisin. I cannot, <laughs> I can't picture a time. I think I've always spit them out, or I just never, I throw them away. <laughs> I can't eat them. I don't like them in baked goods, but I like them just loose no, trail mix, just, you know? I nope. I just eat the peanuts and then <laughs> Healthy. <laughs> I might as well just be eating peanut m ms Yeah. I want to try making zucchini chips. <laughs> well, no, what else? That's not something. James has been making, he's been fermenting hot sauce in our uh, linen closet. Why are you fermenting it? No, um, that sounds disgusting. It's not a pickle. It does make the bathroom just smell like garlic. That's disgusting. Yeah, I'm really happy he's done with the fermenting process. Ew. I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Food included. It, it does taste good. It's not bad. Well, I just Once don't even like hot sauce, but like, yeah. the only time I eat it is when I'm sick. That's fair. And even then, I hardly use it. I'd rather just burn my throat with soup. <laughs> or some kind of tea. 
At least, like, with hot sauce, you can flush out your sinuses if it's hot enough. Yeah, I guess. There's benefits to that. Today, I'm covering the story of Morgan Lewis. I got my information from the LA Times, um, stophate.us, which is, like, a a memorial site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then southdakotapolitics.blogs.com. Okay, so Morgan Lewis was a 46-year-old Native American professor at Northern State University in Aberdeen, South Dakota, uh, where he taught German. He had undergraduate degrees from the University of California and got his master's and doctorate degrees from the University of Southern California. Um, I couldn't really find too much background information on him, so, like, I don't think he was from South Dakota. I think that's just where he got a job teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his academic interests when he was in college was, um, xenophobia, um, which is a dislike of or prejudice against people from other countries or just people who are different in general than Mm -hmm. society and whatever. Um, on November 1st, 2004, a janitor found the body of Morgan Lewis outside of Seymour Hall with gunshot wounds. And every article I read, it says gunshot wounds, like multiple. Mm-hmm. But from all the stuff that I also read, like it never mentioned him being shot more than once. Oh. But it also never said that he was only shot one time. So they, they, just, they don't specify So that's all. up in the air. It was also really hard to find any information on this case because I don't think anybody wanted me to know about it. And also, (laughs) well, I would assume because, like, you would think they'd have a bunch of news articles that would still be online, like, you could find. You'd think so. But I could hardly find any, and there were, like, no news, like, videos or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just kind of weird, and that's how um, the second half of the story is, too. Like, it was kind of hard to find information and um, articles on it, other than kind of, like, conspiracy blog posts, which I didn't really want to put in here. Yeah. Because I don't know, I don't know, people are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the gunshot wounds were on the back of his neck. And like I said, like, that's really the only place they said he got shot. But mm-hmm. like I said, I don't, I'm not really sure because I haven't been given, like, a clear answer on what actually <laughs> happened. Um, and there was no gun found near him. Um... Police eventually found the gun in a trash can that was about 40 yards away with away from him with no fingerprints on it. Um, it's been wiped clean. Yeah. Or someone was wearing gloves, maybe. Yeah, that too. Um, Wait, what time of year was it? November. Okay, so they're wearing gloves because they're South in Dakota. Aberdeen, South Dakota. <laughs> it's cold out. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Those people up there are more used to it than we are. That's true. You see people wearing, well, you don't see them wearing shorts, but you definitely see them wearing just, like, a hoodie mm-hmm. when it's negative degrees outside. And I'm like, I get you're from here. That is so But stop cold. being dumb. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, the police found powder residue that indicated that Lewis had handled the gun with both hands. And the blood spatter on his hand indicated that Lewis himself fired the shot that resulted in his death. And then the angle of entry was possibly consistent with someone holding the gun in his left hand and placing it against his neck under the side of his left jaw 
And so, initially, the police had said that his death was suspicious. Um, and the autopsy report, um, the coroner had said that um, his death was a homicide. And that's what was on his death certificate. Hmm. And so, after a 15-month investigation, the police concluded that Morgan Lewis died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound and said that they thought Morgan had committed suicide in an attempt to leave two life insurance policies to his loved ones. Mm. Um, but people were really confused by this because, for one, um, he was right-handed. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. In my mind, if you're going to kill yourself, especially, like, shooting yourself in a weird way... Like, not a normal way of shooting mm-hmm. yourself. You would use your, um, like, more dominant hand and arm that's stronger and can, like, hold it and pull the trigger easier. Because I can't do a lot of Because I'm left-handed. So I can't do, like, a lot of, like, weird stuff that I feel like I should be able to do with my right hand. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I don't know. I, think, I feel like you don't want to mess up and then be in pain. Yeah. If you just, like... Because, like, if the angle's wrong, then you just sort of shoot off your jaw and not necessarily die That's from that. What, that sounds miserable. Well, it's like, who's putting one here? Yeah, like, right below their jaw. That's not... I don't know. There was this one crime show on Netflix I was watching, and they were talking about... There was, like, this guy who had somehow, like, the police were saying he had shot himself, like, in the back of the head with, mm-hmm. like, this weird angle. So your arms would have to be all, like, contorted behind mm-hmm. you and stuff like that. And one of the investigators, because it was, like, a cold case, and one of the investigators was like, yeah, it's possible to do that, but no one's going to do that to themselves in that way. Like, that's not the way you think of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I feel, like, this situation is. Like, yeah, it's possible, but why would anybody do that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it, it changes how the insurance policy goes out if it's... If you make well, that suspicious. Was, that then... was part of it, um, is that they thought he had made it look like a murder mm-hmm. so they could get the life insurance policies. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. People were also confused by how the gun was in the trash 40 yards away from him. You know, and that's weird. he isn't wearing gloves, and there's no mention of them finding gloves in the trash can. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think he's wiping it clean, throwing it in the trash can, and then walking 40 feet away. That's what I was saying, yeah. So, when he was shot, the bullet passed through his neck, severing his carotid artery, but it missed his spine. So, he would have been able to walk or stumble, like, a little ways away Mm -hmm. if his plan was to shoot himself, like, over the trash can so he could wipe and throw the gun Mm -hmm. away. Um, So, police think that he was able to, like, they think that's what happened. They think that he was standing by the trash can... Shot himself, I guess, wiped the prints off, uh-huh. and then threw it in the trash can, and then walked the short, you know, like, the 40 yards, or stumbled, whatever, um, and then fell into the grass. Wait, is it yards or feet? Yards. Oh, that's even further. <laughs> Three times this far. Everywhere I, everywhere I saw, like, the distance, it was 40 yards. Okay. So, I wouldn't say don't quote me on it, because I wasn't there, but... That's what I saw. You are saying you're reporting the sources accurately. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. Um, 
but like to me it's like if you're even if that's your plan it's like plans especially if it's a, involving you trying to make your suicide look like a murder never go to plan so like i think if you are going to shoot yourself in the neck how are you going to be able to wipe off the gun so well that there's not a single print on it yeah like don't you think after that you'd be kind of like i don't know in shock so you would miss something on it. I don't feel like you could wipe it off super cleanly. And then throw it in the trash can and then walk all that way. I It just doesn't... I don't how long it. does it take you to bleed out when you sever an artery? I guess 40 yards. That's what the it. police are saying, so I don't know. I feel like it's like a 30 second bleed out. Not that I, I don't know, but I think it's pretty fast. Well, I feel like even if you weren't dead yet, you would still pass out first and then die. So it's like, I don't... That's a lot of willpower if he actually did these things. That's what I'm saying. It's like, the thing, like, what they're trying to say just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, why are they trying to say that is what I'm trying to figure out? Well, so most of the people, like, like, I guess his loved ones and stuff and, like, people in town Mm -hmm. believed that the case was ruled a suicide to protect the reputation of the school, um, mainly because there had already been another suspicious death. Um, which was also possibly a murder, in 2003 Uh on the same campus. Uh First of all, no one goes to that school anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally in the middle of nowhere. We've been to Aberdeen many times. That's not like, oh my god, this is just the most beautiful town. I need to go to college here. Unless you're just really, really addicted to storybook land. (sighs) So it's like, what are you trying to protect? I don't know. How, my question is, how does a suicide look better? I feel, (laughs) I feel as if a suicide looks worse because in my mind, that would mean like they might not have like sources that students can reach out to. Yeah. Neither sound good. Neither of them are good. Yeah. (laughs) Neither are good. But that's another thing is, it's like, without, with me not being able to find much information on both of those incidents, Mm -hmm. is what makes me think. It is suspicious. That's real sketchy, for sure. Because if you would, like, type in, you know, the school, of course those things wouldn't pop up because they want them to be hidden. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that's way sketchier that you don't want people to see that. I'm calling you out. That's my fist. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Thanks for clarifying. But also, like, um, I think some things to note, because I'm definitely leaning more towards, like, this is a murder, because Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, they never said, because most people show, you know, signs of depression, signs of thoughts of harming themselves and stuff like that. And he had, like, um, I don't know, they never said they found anything, like, in his office, like, most people would write stuff down or, like show some kind of sign i don't know what were they keeping his program because he is a german professor right well he had literally just started teaching that year okay so So he's brand new there well you know what but if he's a new teacher hold on so he's a new teacher most Uh likely from california um he was also gay and a native american so those things even make it more like leaning towards murder than the other things. Gosh, that just makes it really, really seem like, at the very least, they didn't, they're, they're just trying to rip off his partner from getting the mm-hmm. life insurance benefits. 
Which would make sense. Because people up there still don't like gay people. Or at least pretend to, but then go and talk about them behind their back. How often we go up there and that we're not just like... Oh, yeah, we're up there all the time. I'm actually from South Dakota. Audrey was born there. Um, I lived there for a year. Yeah. Um, Our mom is from there. We go there twice a year. Always go through Aberdeen. Go to activities in Aberdeen. Um, Went to Storybook Land. So we're not making these things up. This is what we've seen and what we hear. This is just from personal experiences of encountering people there. (laughs) They're not fans of outsiders, let me just say. Definitely not. Yeah, but like I said, you can't really find much about this case online. So, since this was kind of short, um, I decided to look into the other mysterious death that happened in 2003. 20-year-old Tyler O'Neill was found dead in the lobby of Jared Hall on May 3rd, 2003. He was found propped up in a chair with Mm -hmm. no shoes or socks suffering from a head injury and possibly other injuries because I believe this case was also covered up, so I found basically nothing on this case as well. They said that, like, the coroner said that he died from head trauma. Sounds like it, yeah. So, Paul Neshak, Paul Neshak or Neshak, I don't know um, how to pronounce that name, uh, he was the main suspect for this and was arrested and charged with second-degree manslaughter and aggravated assault. Um, investigators believe that the two had been in a fight, which had ultimately led to the death of Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, but the charges were eventually dropped due to lack of evidence when they ruled the case of death as accidental. So, before any trial, mm-hmm. before anything really, the police decided to change his cause of death to accidental, which made mm-hmm. all of the charges against him be dropped. Yeah. So apparently there was this interview or something mm-hmm. that had taken place with his parents, Tyler O'Neill's parents. Mm-hmm. And from what I gathered, there had been like kids witnessing the two, like Paul and Tyler fighting. And mm-hmm. so they think Paul had killed Tyler by some kind of physical alter- altercation that had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because the dad said in some article that he was just so upset that no witness came forward and, like, called the police or did anything. Yeah. So this sounds like a major cover-up. Definitely. Anyway, um, tell me how. Here's the thing. If I'm sitting in a chair and then I die, I don't believe I'll still be sitting upright in the chair. That sounds a little bit placed. That's what I'm thinking, because I assume that if I sit down, because they try and say that, the police tried to say that Tyler had been seen driving recklessly um, a motorcycle around town mm-hmm. that same day, mm-hmm. which they think he got into an accident and died because of that, which... Wouldn't Maybe he did. Well, do they know where his motorcycle is? Yeah, it was parked on campus. Was there anything wrong with it? Not anything that I found. I mean, like, you could do a quick stop and fall over the... Like, there there are injuries you could get that wouldn't necessarily do anything to the vehicle, but, like, did they look into the vehicle well? Because it seems no. like they were really, really quick No, to just... it's just saying, oh, Audrey owns a car. There's a scratch on the side. She got brain damage from whatever caused that scratch and is now dead because of it. 
it's kind of like just, oh, she fell down on the sidewalk and has a scrape on her arm, so that's what caused her head trauma. That's what it sounds like to me. You know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. just grasping at straws and being like, mm-hmm. this is this is it. We found it. Um, no worries. It doesn't make any sense to me. But what does make sense is that South Dakota has a long history of ruling sketchy um, deaths as suicides or accidents. So here's a list. Um, let's see here. In 1974, huh? I was gonna say, what's the proof? I didn't expect you to say. (laughs) Here's the list. And I didn't, I didn't even have to look far, but these are just a couple. I, I could have done a deep dive and could have been probably like 80 pages long. Yeah. So here's just a couple that I found. In 1974, John S. Moore was found with stab wounds in his neck and face. His death was ruled a suicide. Interesting. Huh. Um, and then starting in 1998, bodies began to show up in or near Rapid City Creek. Um, there have been 11 in total, most being Native Americans mm-hmm. or homeless men. Mm-hmm. Interesting. People that the government don't care about. Or police, for that matter. Yeah. Um... All of these deaths have been ruled accidental drownings, um, but I'm not going to go into more detail because this is a case that I might cover later. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, Richard Benda, who was a former South Dakota Economic Development Director, died of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound to the abdomen. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's just a couple of uh, uh, just a couple of accounts mm-hmm. that it's happened before and continues to happen to this day. So. Um, it's not looking good for, uh, South Dakota police. Credibility. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's my story. It was kind of short, but I think it's pretty interesting. And I wish I could have found more information on both cases, but like I said, they're suspiciously lacking in information. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, people. Watch out for, uh. South Dakota, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that's the end of my story. What do you think? I think it's uh, considering that South Dakota ranks ranks forty seventh out of fifty on um, government association integrity. <laughs> it doesn't seem wrong. <laughs> no, you know what? Mom getting my degree in criminology and criminal justice. Maybe I'll just go on up to South Dakota and become a cop and just take them down from the inside. Why not? Good idea. I'm keeping that in. I mean, you can probably do that at most places, though. Yeah. But it'd be easier in a small town. Because people talk. (laughs) Okay, so my my story is um, a little... For for being a ghost story, a little more upbeat. Than mine. Than yours. (laughs) I think think most stories are. (laughs) By a lot. Like, this is a a pretty... Pretty, uh pleasant ghost story it's not you know it's still death because obviously someone has to die to create a ghost but it's not like you know death happens every day it's not tragic and it happens all around us accept it embrace it live it leave it i'm gonna write a book (laughs) (laughs) it's like you just keep going i think this tea is really doing something to me i was in a real bad mood today had real bad road rage got some bubble tea got some I, yeah, I went out and got some bubble tea and some Sour Patch Kids. 
on a sugar Clorox high. wiped a table. <laughs> I'm just living the dream, really. My story today is about Easton Castle, also known as Otela. Easton Castle. I never heard of that. I had neither. I was like, why? I have no clue where this is. It's along the railroad tracks in Aberdeen, South Dakota. You did Aberdeen, too? I did! I found a story in Aberdeen! I really thought you weren't doing Aberdeen. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you. That's what I thought. It was like, you said it. I found one in Aberdeen. I was like, I've got one, though. It's considered one of the most haunted places in South Dakota. I didn't know that. Uh, there's not a lot listed, which is surprising. I was going to say that whenever I was doing like, research for a story, it didn't even come up on any list. Yeah, and I was like, like haunted like, South Dakota. Most haunted places in South Dakota. The Black Hills should really um, have more things in that list. Yeah. Just just because they're supposed to be just like a general spiritual hotspot. Well, they'd rather be known for suicide than murder. So I don't think they're going to shout out their most haunted locations. That's true. So maybe they would, maybe they won't. I don't Who know. Who knows? Anyway, stories about Easton Castle, also known as Otela. Or Otila. I don't know. I think that's like the name of the building. That, yeah. Like the owners gave it, but yeah. people just know it by Easton Castle because Easton is even the first owner. Um, my sources are Wikipedia, ancestralfindings.com, only in your state, and the Easton Castle Facebook page. It is a Queen Anne style mansion with 30 rooms, um, and it was built in 1888 from yellow brick by C.A. Bliss, a shorthorn breeder, kind of cow. And then he ended up losing the home to foreclosure, and it was either bought or somehow acquired by Carol Francis Easton in 1893, and that's where it gets the name from, because the Eastons owned it for a very long time after that. Okay. So, like, there, I think you have maybe the family that bought it afterwards. No, definitely not, because it had two owners after the Eastons sold it, and it's still with that second owner, that family. Mm -hmm. I tried to look up C.A. Bliss, because I, I like to look up all my people, mm -hmm. know where they're coming from. That's what, what I tried to do, too. Know what, know what, you know, what their background might be that might cause a haunting, because at that point I didn't know who the haunting, like, what the, who, had, who, what, who the spooks yeah, were in the yeah. house. I just wanted to make sure, like, I knew what was happening before I read the rest. Um, could not find anything on C.A. Bliss. Could find a whole bunch on, like, the Easton family, but not the Bliss family. Um, so yeah, the house remained with the Easton family until 1967, and then veterinarian Dr. Sam Holman bought it with the um, intention to preserve it. He wanted to save it and preserve it, which I love to see that. That's great. And that's, that's, the, that's the base history of just like the home itself. I couldn't find the name of the family that bought it from uh, Dr. Holman, but I do know they... Seem to still so, someone, but they they own it still. So it's like I could have found it, but I didn't care anymore at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is enough base history. We're, we'll be okay. They're um, not the haunters. No, so exactly. They're not the haunters. They're like definitely not the haunters. So we're gonna start with a little background history on the individual people who are supposedly haunting it now. So we have Leslie Gage, who was the housekeeper or one of the housekeepers for the Easton family. Um, she is the niece of Lumen Frank Baum, usually written as L. Frank, L. F. Baum, who is the author of The Wizard of Oz. And who Wait, lived, what? She was the what? She was the niece of the author of The Wizard of Oz. 
Who wrote The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Lumen Frank Baum. I honestly have never heard that name in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it's usually written as L.F. Baum, but it's like, I didn't know uh, the author of The Wizard I of Oz don't until even, now. Baum isn't even... Like, tree in German. No, I know what it is, <laughs> but, like, I... Baum is an author, like, I don't... No, I've no, I've. it's not one that's ever crossed my didn't radar. didn't soak into my brain if mm-hmm. I ever learned it. I mean, like, we're, we're most familiar with Wizard of Oz, was The Wizard of Oz as a movie, though, not... Yeah, we never read it. Nope, that was not a story we read. Anyway... Some sources, like, it depended on what source you were looking at, because I went and, like, looked her up, too, which is not necessarily an association with the castle, just in general, and sources that referenced the castle were, like, yeah, she was one of the inspirations for Dorothy Gale, like, you know, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. and sources that did not connect to the castle were, like, no, it's a list of these other people. (laughs) Um, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things for the inspiration. Because, like, Baum had a niece, infant niece named Dorothy that died, and that might be where the name inspiration was from. There was a tornado that went through Irving, Kansas in 1879, and there was a victim from that named Dorothy Gale, like, her name was mm-hmm. actually Dorothy Gale, who died in that. And there's, it's said that he would have read that report. Like, he would have been aware of this woman dying. Yeah. So that could be it. Um, but the main thing isn't that they think she's, like, she's not the inspiration for the name, obviously. Her name's not yeah. Dorothy. But she was one of the inspirations for, like, the personalities of Dorothy, the characteristics of Dorothy. But then other sources attribute it to his mother-in-law, Matilda, Matilda Jocelyn Gage, who is the grandma of baby Dorothy and Leslie Gage. So who knows? I'm thinking it's, she probably influenced it somewhat. Cause yeah. Like, generally, generally, your life experience as a whole influence what you produce and put out into the world, so <laughs> that makes sense. What I didn't know, and what makes Storyland make so much more sense, because you know how, like, the big thing there is the Wizard of Oz, like, you follow the, the, yeah, um, the yellow, yellow Brick, Brick Road, Road, and they have, they have the characters Man, I, everywhere. I well, don't think I should ever go back there, because I'll be depressed by oh, yeah, I won't, I, how I can't underwhelming go it is yes. as an adult. <laughs> It was fun when we were little, though. Yeah. Just something different to do. Um, no, but I didn't realize that L.F. Baum lived there. Like, he lived in Aberdeen for a few years. Um, and he went to uh, Easton Castle while Bliss owned it for, like, parties and stuff. And at the time, it was painted green. <laughs> Emerald City. It was painted green, and so were all the outbuildings. <gasps> wow. And some what? of the, like, unique features inside the home, like the library and other things, are seemed to be influenced how he describes some locations in the Wizard of Oz. So like Dang, that's this, so this, cool. This house at the very least seems to have some sort of influence on on yeah. um, his writing. He's, Why he, doesn't anybody know that? Because nobody knows what Aberdeen, South Dakota is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. You're welcome. It's like because most of the time people consider Chicago, the white city, as um the big inspiration for the concept of the Emerald City. And it's like it could very well be that, but I think the Emerald portion and which is which other people also agree with is is from this this the green castle and outbuildings to be fair though at that time period green was a very popular house color so it wasn't weird that yeah. it was green yeah but it doesn't change that he he did he could also see the house from where he was staying the house and his outbuildings were yeah. on the horizon up on a hill so like that's cool that could be it we don't know yeah <laughs> 
Anyway, the ghost of Leslie Gage is thought to haunt the third floor because I do th- I do believe she died in the house. Not in the house, but in that position. Yeah. Or at least right out of retirement from it. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like she's not unreasonable to think she lived because like we do know she worked there. She worked there for I think a good chunk of time, and it would not have been for Carol Francis Easton. It would have been for his son that she worked there. Okay. We're going to get to next. So the Eastons had three kids. They had two daughters and a son. Um, and the son got left everything when the when the parents said everything. Like, just even, like, all the tchotchkes in the home. Everything. Yeah. And, th- and this, I don't know if he was ever burdened by this. He doesn't seem to have been based on the, like, reports from the family. Because then his children were really proactive about giving a whole bunch of just, like, tchotchkes and tea sets and, like things memor- like that the their aunts remembered from childhood mm-hmm. to them once he passed they were like we're so sorry it took so long for you to be able to get this yeah <laughs> and that all i found on the facebook page from like the actual family members interacting mm-hmm. and talking about interacting anyway so he gets the house when the parents die and they say like, the story is that he goes crazy after that, after his parents die. Um, eccentric something. I don't I don't know. They don't specify, but it, it's it's that it's that typical, like, it's the old creepy mansion at the end of the road with, with where the crazy a single, old man. Where the crazy old man lives. It's, it's his childhood home. Yeah. And he, he never, it's like the thing, he was married. He had kids. He couldn't have been, like, that insane. <laughs> what? Okay. How but, but old he, was he when they died? Like, was he already an adult with kids? Yeah. Yeah. Then why? Okay. He died in, like, 64. Okay. And, and remember, they acquired, the the family acquired the home in 1893. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure out why he went crazy then. That's like, well, it's like, I don't know if he did go crazy. That's just the story that goes with the Oh, home. okay, okay, okay. They say he goes crazy. Okay. And I think part of it is it's the, the house is left to deteriorate. Because remember, the, the, the veterinarian buys it to save it uh-huh. and preserve it because it, like it is recorded that the house deteriorates everything's left to grow up and nothing's maintained because like the house isn't green anymore and that's because they didn't maintain Emerald the painting is dead. <laughs> it is dead um since russell died they do now say they've had sightings of him in the him in the home so right now we have two ghosts we have Leslie, who's primarily on the third floor, but also has been seen everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And then Russell, sometimes seen. But I don't think as frequently as Leslie. Leslie seems to be the primary ghost. Okay. Um, other paranormal things that have been reported in the castle include uh, disembodied footsteps and the stairs creaking, like you're walking up them, but nobody's walking up them. Um, but again, it's an old house. Typical things creak. haunted house yep. things. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, voices... You know, more typical haunted house things. But my favorite one is there's an unknown spirit who wields a knife and has been reported to chase guests out of the house. <laughs> I think that only happened once. I'm living for but it. But the concept of just, like, they don't know who it is. You know, if it only happened once, it might have been an actual person. <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, how do we know? If they ran out of the house, it might have been an actual person. Well, and no, they but they've seen, the retreated. ghost has seen, been seen more than once. Like, okay, the okay. Spirit with but the he's only, he only really seen, hated one person. only really disliked one individual. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm going to do that whenever I die. I just like that they don't know who it is. <laughs> That's so funny. And we have no clue. One thing I did find is on haunts.com. Um, they have an entirely different story about 
the like paranormal origins of the castle. Mm-hmm. And they say that the home was purchased in 1902 by Carol Easton, not... Oh, my Teddy Dreamer. <laughs> That's anyway. so cute. So the other thing is, like, no, it, it foreclosed, and then it was purchased in 1893, and, and Haunts.com, they're like, no, 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 it was 1902. And I was like, well, they're quite different. But then the kicker was, after his wife's death, and it's like, again, I did look up the Easton family. His wife did not die in 1902. <laughs> she died in, like, the 50s or 60s. So I was like, okay, so that already discredits that whole thing. Yeah. And then the next thing that it said was his son never seemed to leave after that. And I was like, okay, well, that can't be. He got married and had multiple kids. When did like, they... He had to leave at some point. And after 1902, when his mother died. No, when did they say that... The other person had got the house? Uh, the house was purchased by Dr. Holman in 19... No, not him. Oh. Um. Oh, when did they say that Carol Easton bought yeah. it? The, the wrong story? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1902. Okay. And they also say that his... does check out, because it was built in 1889. Yeah. And they say that his wife had just died when he bought it, which his wife didn't die until much later. So that's not right. And all the other dates were consistent. Just this one was weird. Anyway, they say a son never seemed to leave after that. And then the home deteriorated long at, like long before the Easton's deaths. And that it was just... Oh, also they say that Mrs. Easton's ghost haunts the place. Mm. But they do mention the knife phantom. Okay. That's they the only should. thing that was as consistent. It was just the knife phantom. As they should. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no. Oh, and the housekeeper. But it's like no one else mentioned Mrs. Easton's ghost... Or Mr. Easton's ghost. They just mentioned Russell and Leslie and just general paranormal happenings and then the knife phantom. But I was like, that's weird. That Why is this story so different? What I think it is, is that it's a story that was produced just to give the place a story before people actually knew the history. That, like, just like the general yeah. surrounding people made up a story and this yeah. was it. And then that's the story that this website is reporting. Which, like, you know, that happens all the time. That's unfortunately the end of it, though. It's uh, Other than it's now, it's a conserv- con- con- conservancy. That's the story. That's all, Teddy. That's all. You wake him up? No, his eyes are open. Oh, okay, so he woke himself up. <laughs> I think he woke up when Finley got up. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, well, um... Try not to kill anyone and don't mess with Ouija boards. Bye. Bye. <laughs>